You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. So Sid Talk, that was the sound of silence. We were recording some silence. Um, not only do we record a podcast every week, we record a bunch of silence. Lovely. It's always... Um, we were messing about with the computer and the uh, recording software before the um, show. And it's always a learning journey doing a podcast. You need to know about audio engineering. You need to know about... A tiny bit. A tiny bit. But then you learn a little bit here and there and then you can make things sound better. So um, this week, maybe this podcast will sound very, very let, clean. Let you know would be the request of listeners because once you start messing with it yeah. i've listened to some podcast this is the before the after the show discussion because you've been messing with it trying to get the whine of my pc out of the background yeah computer fan noise in the background right and i've listened to podcasts where they've done so many filters or whatever they've done to it that's got like this sharp like yeah it won't have that because i'm a bit hair. of a uh it has to sound good for me but if someone thinks it does then they need to let you know or if it sounds like we're in a nice um, soundproof booth. Which we're not. Let us know, because we're really, <laughs> really not. Yeah, because, um, I don't know. There's noise in life, and sometimes you have to hear it. It might <laughs> be a dog barking, it might be a PC making a noise. There is noise in life, yeah. True. So, what is this show, Sid Talk? This show? Do you mean to go in depth, or do you want the short version? Podcast? The short version. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. It's a podcast right. about movies and then other stuff. You're married to me. I'm married to you. We That's do a it. podcast That's and it. we review. So I this week. It. I said it. This week. It's Saturday, February the 22nd. And it's after the show, which is the title of this show, 315. The movie we're going to be looking at this week is Gravity, a 2013 movie released on Blu-ray on the 25th of February. So you can pick it up this Tuesday, just in time for the Oscars. It's rated PG-13. It's from our friends at Warner Brothers. And I just wanted to note here that it is nominated for six Academy Awards this year. So, Sidsaw, the synopsis of the movie Gravity. Synopsis. Synopsis. Synopsi. Um, an astronaut or person, I don't know if you're, yeah, she's an astronaut, um, has to reevaluate her life. And she just happens to be doing it under the duress of something bad happening in space. So, as we say every week at this point, there will be spoilers, because it's hard to talk about a movie without giving something away. So, we try not to spoil it. We won't tell you the ending of a movie or something like that, but there'll be spoilers along the way in just what we say. So, go and watch this movie, and then come back, and then listen to us. Or, if you don't care about the movie, listen to us. Just listen to us. That's what I'm saying. Why watch movies if you wanted to hear everything about it before you even watch it? It's like if somebody likes a sport, they'd be like me saying to them, you know what, I watched that last night. So you're watching the recorded game, right? Oh, yeah, so-and-so won. But you don't care because you don't care about spoilers. True. Oh, but that's different. That's different. It's a game. It's a sport. Who are they? Who, who is that impression? 
It's a sports person. It's a person who likes sports. And then you're like, no, but it's the same as the movie. Because the payoff for me of a story is to find out as it happens. Same as you with your sport. <laughs> Everybody who likes sports talks like this. Well, it's just the best sport-wise. Like it, give, it gives me a really good double chin when I do it, too. It does. Yeah, you do an impression of it, don't you? Like, a, like you're... A, like you, that's like the furthest away from a sports fan I can think of, actually. It's pretty good. So, the movie, the movie Gravity... Well, hold on. Hold on. Do I need to cut all this, all this stuff out? <laughs> no. Do I need to run the high-pass filter on that? No, just leave it in. <laughs> all right, so the movie Gravity. Um, just a... What did you think? Just a, This isn't just a quick... Don't tell me how to say stuff. No, I mean, this is just a quick... We'll both... Quick, Don't tell me, be quick. Just your first impressions of you this movie. You tell me yours. My I'll first impressions okay. of this movie. It's a dazzling technical achievement. I've never seen anything quite like it on the screen in terms of the way it's presented. Camera work, special effects. It's pretty seamless in that respect. You know, you've seen lots of sci-fi things in space, but this is a realistic... It's not a sci-fi thing. It's a realistic... Mm. Quotes, in quotes. Quote, unquote. Um, look at a space mission that's going on. I mean, they're just up there fixing a satellite, adding some new RAM or something to it. Uh, that's what it looked like to me. They were putting a new video card in the well, she, she satellite. She was doing the medical thing, remember? Yeah, but she was slotting in some big video card that was giant. She's doing, you know, they're up there repairing or doing something to the satellite and then something goes horribly wrong. Now, how it looks and how it... The sound design, all that stuff, I... It's spot on technically, I think. It's really, really well done. I was, like, impressed at the entire time. I don't think the story, you know, the actual story, mm. which the director in the extras tries to point out all the... Metaphors? Meta- metaphors? Metaphors, which... Metaphors, you think? Metaphors? Yeah. Metaphors? Do you reckon... Which are there. Metaphors? Which, they're, they're quite clearly there, that... But they seem to think they're really clever, but they're not. They're just right Thank wide you in the open. saying that. And they said it was subtle. I'm so, like, oh my God. So if I had any issues, technically, it's marvelous. It looks amazing. Acting performances, everything. But all this metaphors, and they do mention metaphors a lot, <laughs> is if they think they were being subtle, they were not. It's just totally wide open. And I if mean, you have to explain, when you think you're being clever and right. intellectual... And overthinking things, and then you think you even have pretentious. To explain, if you have to explain every single symbol and metaphor that you are doing, then you're not being clever, and you should never have to explain. But it. you don't have to explain it anyway because it was all clear yeah, as day. A woman in the fetal position yeah. with a cord floating behind <laughs> For an it looked like a like, of time. a like an umbilical cord. That's not subtle. No, nope. none and of then that. Her is so. coming out of her suit like ugh. spoilers. Yeah. Well, you said already. That's not subtle. No. And it's also, that was a little bit pretentious, so yeah. The, so that's the only things I didn't like, because I think I think the story is, like, pretty weak, to be honest. I don't think... Her story. Her means, story. Yeah. It's very ordinary to me, like, oh, I've got a... You know, there's the yep. human bit that they had to add in there, and then there's the exciting, you know... As a, as a thrill ride, like a, like they say, a roller coaster or whatever, that's, I, I was on the edge of my seat and I was like, oh my God, imagine floating off into space or imagine just, what do you, th- what are you thinking about? Like when you are just floating in space and maybe you will be dead. 
all that stuff. But her story's imperative all to how sto- she copes. I do think it is, but I think... I don't think it's a great, great story. I, I think agree. visually it is amazing. The acting is spot on. But as a story, it's... It's just like an action film. Like, wrapped in a... Like, intellectual... Rapper. Is it? It isn't. But, yeah. they, but the director really thinks it is. Like he's like, you it's know. a person broken by tragedy, who now is faced with another tragedy, possibly, and, and like overwhelming odds to survive and the and to summon up the will to get through it. And then, then you wrap it up in this in the spacesuit, basically, with all the trappings and exciting. But would you? Ra- but space. see, the thing is, I kind of like that combination. I'm not saying I liked her her stories. Would be good in a drama movie, yeah. or anything. There's not enough time anyway I, to. Um... I don't mind the story of her. It's just that it's a bit isolated, and that's one of their metaphors that they wanted to, <laughs> to feel that make way. clear. Yeah, <laughs> very isolating. But if you don't have her type of story, then you go to the next type of story, which is an ensemble cast, and then you have the rogue guy, and you have the follow the rules guy, and you have the overachiever woman, and you have the the, the sort of like hippy-dippy guy, and they're all in space, and then something bad happens, and each one of them has to play their role, and you've got Armageddon, or any other number of movies where you have an ensemble cast with different personalities coping with space tragedy. So then... You think, then I separate that and go, right, well, I do like that story then better. Hers is a real person who I'm not sure if she would be allowed to go in space. I don't think they She's, are. She didn't a, seem like she would pass the. After um, a, yeah, emotional. Do you remember on Armageddon, the, <laughs> yeah. the man with the big. Yeah. They put him in a white exactly. room and asked them how they feel and stuff. I don't think I she think would have passed she that. I think she had, you know. Trimmed all of her feelings down to nothing, but basically that's one of the things I thought was like they'd never let her go up there yeah. anyway. But that's you got to fantasize a little bit. Well, you really have to take some leaps with this movie anyway, because there are most of the time that it's pretty much you'd be like, oh yeah, that can. There are a couple of moments where I was like, really, come on. That um, was that thing, the only thing that doesn't. Yeah, like <laughs> there, there's a few things where, and that's really nitpicking because, but it. There were a few times where it moves into action movie territory where it's really not paying attention to this is a real thing that's happening yeah. to them. So it does that a bit too. But I think it's visually in, in it's I've never seen anything quite like it. I think it I think they really nailed the sensation of people in space. It you mean as a movie watcher? Yeah. Because you don't know. As a movie watcher. Yeah. And I've seen you've seen plenty of movies about astronauts and stuff but it just visually and I we've we've all seen now pictures um, of real space station movie yeah. from the real space station looking down at earth and obviously they've used assets from that to make you know that is the real earth and it's beautiful to look at it I want to be an astronaut Me when too. I see it. I'm like <laughs> I, I will never see that for real ever I would like to, you know, it, or maybe we will. Maybe space travel is a thing, like, and it's, you know, $200. I'd go right now. I'd be a human guinea pig if they said, we want to pump you full of weird chemicals and send you up in space to see what happens. I'd be like, okay, I'll go. I don't think I would. The chemicals, I don't, I don't or know. Or put a bionic parts in you or some sort of human biological thing, and then we're going to stick you in space and see what happens. <laughs> well, yeah, as far as edge of your seat, I was on the edge of my seat quite a lot. and Not, li- not literally. But you know what I'm saying? Like, like, 
That's how I felt. Sad that a, a couple, it was a little bit too much at time. I mean, not too much in the moment, but it was like, and then, uh, and then, uh, uh, and then they explained that's kind of how they like the rhythm to be like. And I like, I definitely. I think it gets to be, that's where you start pushing the boundary of, okay, we've had one near miss and a two near miss and three near miss yeah. and four near miss and five and. It gets a again. It wears you. But I enjoy the near misses. I don't understand. I'm. I will say I did like it. I enjoyed it. I was totally there with her. Like my mind went totally to space, and I love science fiction and I love space movies. Totally, I'm 100. percent I'm there. So I enjoyed it thoroughly. However, I have no idea why everyone loves it so much. Why is it getting Academy Awards? Oh, I have. I have. I know why. And it's because of the technical. It's because of how it. What are the awards for? I mean the nominations. The acting. Well, then that doesn't understand. I don't understand I, that. No, it's six: the special effects, the cinematography. Okay. Costuming, I think, as well, which obviously is. All I gotta do is look at astronauts. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. De- no, not it's not that easy. Um, <laughs> well, but set design, everything is amazing. I think it looks amazing, and I think that technically, I I've not seen anything like this or on the. It's not nominated for like picture of the year, is it? Yeah. Why? That's what I'm saying. And, Why? And everybody seems to think this is going to be the winner. But that's my point. I don't get it. It does not have that impact on me at all. It has no life changing from. I've heard it described as this, um, the equivalent of 2001: A Space Odyssey for our generation, all that kind of thing. And it is I, not. No, I don't think so either at all. It's not like. Now, some people say, you know, it's like kind of like a life-changing movie because it's got this message and it's like to move on, in, you know, to I can see how em- people... embrace life and cherish and all that. Yeah, but I think if you, that must but be for people who don't do it all. It's right. also not a clever message because it's it's in a lot of movies, that message. It's just wrapped in a different wrapper. But I see why it, people admire it because of... Not te- that much, though. Technically, Technically, yeah. I see why. The acting is good, but I'd expect that from the people who are in it. She's good. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. It's George Clooney, I can give it, give it he, take. Yeah, he's pretty much, you know, charming. Um, the American was just about, I think, The Pinnacle or Michael Clayton. Do you reckon? The American's my favorite George Clooney movie. Because I think he reigned George Clooney back. And he doesn't talk very much. <laughs> that's why. But, I mean, he took George Clooney, a lot of the charisma, away. And he was just this, you know, um, yeah. person with a mission that's just... That's it. I like that one a lot. And in this one, he's back to chirpy old George Clooney, who even turns up in a scene just to make you, the audience, and her feel better at that point. And I felt that. And and I was watching that scene going, oh my God, they're making, trying to make us not feel so bad now. Yeah. Because otherwise we would be miserable. That's why it doesn't, as far as like structure of... A good quality movie where it feels solid. It doesn't have that all the time. Her story is really sad, but it's like an extreme kind of sadness. And that's like, oh, that's jarring. And then her reaction to her own personal tragedy is like a a stereotypical reaction. Sort of numbness and deadness inside or whatever. Him coming along with all of his charm and his snippety snap and commenting on her beautiful eyes. And not being... Also, the thing about Clooney... Juvenile. The thing about the Clooney character is also he had this um, death is nothing kind of thing. Like, always be positive. Always be positive. Like, he had that kind of... I don't think he thought death was nothing. I think he was I mean, he always put the positive and like, you know, come on, we gotta do this. Live in the moment, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but I can see why people admire it. And technically, it is definitely an amazing looking and exciting filmed movie. Like it, that whole opening sequence where they're doing the repair and the, mm-hmm. I was like, is this real? <laughs> like this, I've not seen anything like this on the screen. Like, you know, when you go and see Avatar and you go, uh, when the first go and see it and you're like, ooh, this is unique. That whole opening sequence was like that for me. I was like, wow, they really, this is over and above anything else I see. And it was disorientating the way the camera moves. And I like that because that's what space is, right? There's no, no exactly. up, down, left and right. It's all, you know, spinning around it. And I felt disorientated by it. Especially when the shite is the fan. I really liked it. But yeah, I do feel the story doesn't really... As an action movie and a roller coaster ride, it works 100% for me. But the story in in it is not enough. You know why? Because you and I don't have the... Our, our view of life isn't... She has a reason to have a negative feeling and like or like it being feeling like shit a lot, right? But she's also given up the will to live, and she's just getting through day to day. So this is a good excuse to give up, and then in the moment, in that one moment. Now you and I don't have that feeling. We have in the past in our lives. We've been young and stupid and depressed and whatever in the past, and then you you peak and you grow up and you figure out, oh right, life's can suck, but it's pretty awesome if you pick and choose the best things and cope with the bad things. She's not coping. So I look at her and go, why are you, you just need to get on with life. And that's what he tells her. You need to get on with things. So her revelation of whatever it is that makes her then want to just be like, this is either it or I'm going to get on with things. I don't have that. I don't need that. It doesn't feed me. And I'm happy. I'm actually because she's good, and I don't mind the character at all. I think she does a good job of it. So yeah, I'm, there's nothing. I'm rooting for her to get on to get this feeling, but it doesn't do anything for me because I already have that view of life. Life is what it is. If I were to go out tomorrow and die in a car crash, that is life, and that is the end of my life, and that is it. It's sad for people or whatever. But I do. But then you get on with it. So I don't. I'm not sitting there going. This is profoundly affecting me. Yeah, and that's... And I think that's... You're right. People get that vibe from it, and I just didn't. Yeah, I even saw something I was reading just earlier. was like, the cinematographer for this also did The Tree of Life, and there was somebody comparing this movie with The Tree of Life, and they were saying, you know, the symbolism, the, you know, how... <laughs> the <what> pretentiousness. <laughs> we, and what we are, in, we're just nothing in the universe. We're just this small thing. and But in this movie, it goes... The end sequence, for instance, it's a bit overdone for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, and I was watching it going, oh, no, you don't need the, you know. Yep. It, it's, that's almost gone too far. Yeah. You don't need that. It's not of. a metaphor anymore. No. It's just obvious, um, playing into, like, obvious things. It's not hidden. It's not secret. If you If they hadn't filled the whole movie... With these visual metaphors constantly, the umbilical cord and the all the different things, then There's a couple of things, of things yeah, here so. and there would have meant more. Tree of Life is more like the content of what you're. The it's like in the Tree of Life. I even think I remember the feeling. There was this sort of 
like a reverberation in the background or something where you just felt the tension. You didn't need a visual thing in your face all the time. Even of, though it has that. Like, even yes, though it's like dinosaur you, sequences. You, yeah, you understand from a person's glance or how they react with each other or whatever it is. This one is like, I'm going to show you this composition of this picture in space. You tell me what it means. Oh, Right, a personal umbilical cord, uh, rebirth of life, uh, you know, whatever. So do you, so do you think it would be fair to say this is an action movie, uh, an action sci-fi movie with an intelligent bit stuffed inside it, like an olive, like mm. like the like the like a tree of lifestyle movie, just kind of like sandwiched in there a little. I don't bit. think it's that intelligent because it's not that deep. It's very. They're trying to be though. I think from right, what but they were it saying. isn't. It's more. It's very obvious when people have a shitty thing in life that they might lose the will to live, and then something needs to inspire them to to pick themselves back up. It's not clever. It's not that. It's not that interesting if you don't wrap it in something interesting like you're floating around in space and you have a good actress who's doing a really good job of it. So I don't, I think that it is, to me, I don't even think of it as a space movie. I think of it as a drama. I, once I've seen it now, I mean, I love science fiction and stuff, but I mean, it doesn't feel like science, science fiction. fiction. No, no, it's no. science present, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, short future. I mean, it's, yeah. it's literally like our... A couple, like, like a technical drama, almost, or something. Because I don't even think of it as a space movie now. I think of it as, it's... You know, there are different forms of telling stories. There's man versus himself, man versus society, man versus nature. This is man versus himself, or woman versus herself, and woman versus nature. Woman it's, it's as, as old also as, versus gravity. Well, that's nature. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. The nature of the universe is what you're up against. And that is an old... That's storytelling from the beginning of storytelling. I never saw it as a space movie anyway. I knew it was astronauts in peril... I knew it wasn't sci-fi. Because they're not technically in space, even. They're just in the in yeah. the planet's uh, orbit. I mean, yeah, where the, the International planet. Space Station is. I mean, but the space station isn't even in technically in space. No. Um. So I really like it a lot. I enjoy it. I'd watch it again, even in you know, just to watch it again and be able to maybe soak up more. Because in the moment, I don't you're think there like, is whoa, more whoa, whoa. to take away from it. No, visually, I might not have caught everything right. because you're... Visually, you're, there's a lot. Yeah, you're looking over here and then you know that something's happening over there. Yeah. And and visually, I can't see any flaws in it, to be honest. I was watching it and I was like, yeah, there was a couple of times where she it was a ragdolly kind of... Um, a little bit. It obviously wasn't her anymore. It was a CG one. CG. I think it's all CG of her, isn't it? Except for like the waist up and the head up sometimes. No, there was, there was just bits where she didn't seem like... It didn't seem like her at all. When she was closing hatches yep. from long shots from outside, it was obviously all CG. Like, And I was like, okay, but all the time, all the other time, it's amazing looking. I mean, I'm I'm actually astounded by what it looks like. But yeah, it if it does win all the Academy Awards... For visual effects. I agree. But as far as the best picture, like, I don't think it has everything. I don't think it's a... The whole of it is the best thing. You know, I think it, it's really great at technical. But then the story, I think, is slightly weak. And that might just be I'll me. I'll be honest. I think the George Clooney thing is the worst thing about the whole movie. His character being... Not that I don't think she needs someone, but she, he doesn't technically... He doesn't inspire her or shake her out of her problem. I mean, he kind of saves her and stuff. But I mean, as the character himself... He doesn't. It doesn't add anything. No. 
until this moment, and then that moment isn't even him. So I think he lowers the scenes, I feel like, when he's in. I don't mind George Clooney, but I'm not a huge, you know. I'm I think of, the acting was good all around. And obviously, let's move on to the cast here. There's literally two people in this movie. <laughs> there is somebody else. There yeah. are. But, you know, it's a two-person two. movie and Ed Harris on the, vo- on the vocals. Barely. Uh, voice person. So Sandra Bullock plays Ryan Stone. Yeah, she is really fantastic in it. She's... She made me feel afraid when she was yeah. afraid and she made me feel like I could feel her giving up and I felt like that was She had to gain some fun. shape for this movie. <laughs> she was like, the muscles in her legs and everything, she looked like an astronaut. They said they worked her out six days a week for three hours a day. Um, and she was, you know, it looked, we watched the extras of this movie and it looked hard. Like, it looked like it was a lot of hanging from things and moving when, you know, uh, choreography, as she said, she used to be a dancer. Someday. I bet you a movie crew is going to get to go to the International Space Station to do special effects. I mean, that would be one of the first business yeah, opportunities space, is to make yeah. a studio room on the space station that's empty of all the technical stuff that you put on the space station so that big, huge director movie studio people can go up there. I mean, that sounds like pie in the sky, but it isn't, is it? It is in the sky. <laughs> So, yeah, Sandra Bullock, she did a fantastic job. I would definitely think, you know, it's quite difficult because there's a lot of acting to yourself. Like, Mm -hmm. it's a lot of talking to yourself or there's a lot of stuff she doesn't say that you kind of get from her. And she's not even always reacting to something happening. She's just in herself having to say things. Like, when she's trying to The best moment for me was that right at the very beginning where she was spinning into space. And she stopped and breathing. She's breathing like, and breathing. And then you saw her in her face, like almost like she's thinking about every single thing at once. Like, yeah. Like it's too much. Like this yeah. is it. And everything's getting smaller. Like she's going away from the, you know. And I, that's the moment where I was like, whoa, this is something more than that's the action movie, you know? But then it kind of goes back into the action movie. Um, so George Clooney plays Matt Kowalski. Um, yeah, it's just, he's charming George Clooney, the astronaut version. Um, I didn't mind him, to be honest. I, I thought he added some levity to some scenes, but then, like I said, yeah, but there the was that is- scene where it was quite obvious, and he wrote that particular scene. Yeah. <laughs> to make A scene like- that he put himself in the movie. I also think that if you're wanting to ground a movie like this in the sense of reality, that to have an astronaut who's that flippant about everything, even his actions, which are very dangerous and hazardous to everyone when he's zipping around with his And he's a boss. Like, because he... He's in charge of the mission, to, I think. Yeah, he's, yeah, he gives her orders, like, and she, you know... But he doesn't... He's not... There was something he wasn't tethered enough to the ground for me. He wasn't grounded enough. I don't know. But I, it takes very specific thing from George Clooney for me to be okay with it. And I just thought it was George Clooney. And she, but she stopped being Sandra Bullock to me after like the first two minutes. Yeah, she, and that makes a difference when you're, you know, to me, I'm just like, oh, George Clooney talking. Oh, George Clooney's face. And uh, Ed Harris plays the voice of Mission Control. Um, which it's like, is, maybe it's the Truman Show, and he's still just doing this. Or maybe direct. it's Apollo 13, <laughs> and he's still doing that same You know what? Day. I've never watched all of Apollo 13. It's really good. I liked it I'm a lot. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I really liked it. And that's it. That's the cast. <laughs> um, so this is directed by, and I'm not going to say his second name right. You Maybe you will. Alfonso Garan? Caran? Caron? It's very difficult to say, because when I was listening to the guy Coron. in the extras saying the name, I was like, 
Swaron, maybe? I don't know. So he did Children of Men, which is an amazing movie. If you've not seen it, you should. It's uh, also full of symbolism and metaphors. And his trademark, he has a trademark of doing long shots that don't cut away. And Children of Men contains two of them, one inside a car and one at the end where there's a lot of shooting going on. It's kind of like Call of Duty, even. Um, and this one contains a lot of just unbroken scenes yeah. that just roll on. So that's his trademark kind of thing, and I really like that. He also did Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, which was uh, nothing... I, I didn't see it. You, did you see that one? It was the one with Gary Oldman. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you'd notice that was him. I don't know. It was dark. It was a little bit darker thing than the others. But I really like his directing style, and I like his... Is somebody pushing things like James Cameron is? Mm. Like... You could say this about James Cameron. The stories are not that great, but the technical achievement is magnificent. Like yeah, Save the Earth isn't exactly right. isn't exactly like a revolutionary and idea. It's a story that exists. But the technical achievement of pulling it all off and you going wow, you know, and always going wow when you watch a David uh, David Cameron James Cameron movie. But when you and when you watch this guy, I do feel like that. I feel like this guy, technically, the same as the guy who did uh, Elysium and. Um, District 9, mm-hmm. there's something going on where they want to show you something. Children of Men didn't have that much visual stuff going on. It was very... I think that was about the story, that one. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why I... That story... See, that's a fascinating concept. Yeah. If you haven't seen Children of Men, it is that at some... We come into the story where humans have stopped having... Reproducing for 20 years. No children have been born. Like, it just stopped. Well, slowly... Stopped, you find out throughout the story. And it's like dark and it's grisly because it's about what humans do when they are facing what they think of as extinction. It also is visually interesting though. Basically the extinction of humankind with no explanation and stuff, which is the awesome part. I really like that about it. Um, Visually it's just dark and dank and kind of... When they're at that school, that's one of my favorite parts. Yeah. So... Uh, Gravity comes on Blu-ray, and this is the 3D edition we're looking at. It's got the 3D Blu-ray, the 2D Blu-ray, and a DVD. And it does come with a bunch of extras, but nicely, they don't tell you what those extras are. They just say nearly three hours of special features. So I will tell you what they are. The first one is like the making of Gravity, and it's split into a bunch of sections. Starting with like the script... The special effects, the clo- the costume, you know, it goes through everything. And it lasts all- over an hour, and it's um, pretty good. Aside from the director and his son, is <laughs> also a director, um, kept saying the same thing over and over again. It yeah. was it was kind of, I was like, okay, we know that. Yeah. Metaphor, and then his son metaphor, would say it, and then he'd metaphor, say it. Metaphor, metaphor. And then the other guy would say it. And I'm not exaggerating. They said the word metaphor probably 50 times in the... Parts that well, it does cover every, and really interesting is you know the the wire harness rig that they invented for this movie to put her on. It shows you in depth of how they did that. Um, so yeah, it's a good making of. Not we've had some making ofs recently where we like what or nothing like like Dallas Buyers Club. Nothing. We were like, huh? Um, and then there's um, a documentary narrated by Ed Harris. You can it's more like, of a scare it. tactic. Yeah, it is just... basically, it gives you some visuals, like little graphics of our planet surrounded by hundreds of thousands of pieces of space debris. And it's basically about the possibility 
that the space debris could cause basically civilization to fall apart because if the space debris starts hitting the satellites that are supposed to be working, then we can lose everything. We can lose our GPS and our phone service and our banking system. Everything goes Internet, down. Internet, the whole thing. Everything. And that it was a very alarmist kind of a thing. The it vibe was. was very... However, it's a topic I would then look into because it's true. Like, all the rockets that have ever gone up, like to deliver payload to things or satellites to be delivered to space. They show you the graphic of the fuel the little, like the little tiny, some satellites are like this big now, like they can fit in your hand, like the size of a basketball. But with that, it has like a whole rocket and the whole casing and the whole motor and everything goes fuel. up. Then it lets it go. Well, the fuel gets burned up, but it lets yeah, no, go I mean, of the, the satellite. Thing that holds the fuel. Yeah. Jettisons. Let's go of the yeah. satellite. And the rest of that is literally garbage that floats around in space. Now, you know, Let's do a metaphor and say that every time I go out into public and I chew a piece of gum and I throw my garbage on the ground, I drink a coffee and I throw my cup on the ground. That's what you're doing. So our planet is surrounded by these. And so, like, what's the future of that? And I said, I need some sort of sci-fi thing about... And we've seen it in Doctor Who, where there are spaceships out in the universe, wherever they end up being. But um, capturing, they get paid to capture all the space junk, you know. That's got to be a possibility. So that's what it's about. Makes me think about it. it makes so it's me a 22-minute tw- documentary. Yeah. It's pretty good. It's well put together. It feels like something you'd see on Discovery or whatever. Um, but yeah, I came away with the feeling of, oh, crap. Oh, shit, we're doomed. <laughs> we're doomed. <laughs> we're never, we can't send a spaceship into space ever again because something will hit it. It makes you go outside and be like, yeah. no, And we're going to be hit by something <laughs> and my GPS won't work tomorrow. And it wasn't it just- really about... The stuff falling down. It was more about the stuff hitting things. They were like, in space, if we want to do future space travel, we're going to not be able to because they they have to get crap. through this big barrier of crap. Like, it's, and their graphic looks look like it's we're pretty much surrounded. Yeah, so I don't know. If that's I think true. they made it look worse. I really do. You have to look into it. I'm yeah. sure NASA and other and all the other different nations that have space things would have. Well, I like the best about that documentary was Mary Roach who wrote an awesome book called Packing for, Packing for Mars, which I read. Um, it's a really awesome book. If you ever want to, like, it's like a funny, but real. She spent, like, a year with ast- real astronauts at NASA, and she looked into all the things that you might want to ask astronauts about, like... Pooping. Pooping, peeing, what do you eat, all those... Just the things that an ordinary person might be interested in that's not technical. And it's a really funny book, and it it's quite graphic... What's she writing now? I don't know what she's writing now, but I've read a couple of hers. I read the one called Bonk, which was about the sex in all different aspects. And I wrote the the one about the human body was really good. Like each chapter was like about a different part of the body. Like one was about the digestive tract, but she writes really funny. It's like, it's not boring. It's quite, I'd like to see a show made by her, like a, like a documentary or something where she does it in her style. Like Morgan Spurlock. It's fun when he does something because he has a style to it, right? Man, she could just stick to book. everything. Doesn't I think she'd be, be good. Um, but anyway, she's on this. Um, she's on, she's speaking in this, um, and that was your favorite part. <laughs> it was my favorite because I was like Mary Roach. I know Mary Roach, and then I was like, oh, I've never seen her before, but there she is. So the extras on this Blu-ray are pretty good, I think. Yeah. Um, the movie's only ninety minutes long, and I said to you at the end of it, and I didn't know it was ninety minutes long. I felt really short. I, I was like waiting for some more. No, I didn't think it was short at all. I felt like it, it felt was short good, to me. substantial. Um, but it was 90 minutes for a reason, according to the trivia on IMDb, because it mm. takes 90 minutes 
to get around the planet. And 90 minutes for this junk to keep going around. We didn't tell them that about that. We didn't tell them about what was going on. <laughs> well, we the, the, the documentary might give that away. So um, that's Gravity. It's an interesting movie. I definitely think you should see it because I don't think you'll have seen anything like this before. Oh, I was reading a book the other day. It was about anti-gravity. I couldn't put it down. Dun-dun-dun. Remember that joke? <laughs> I'm not affected. You laughed it. when it was on the game. <laughs> I was doing the tumbleweed. You didn't put that on your thing, actually. We already played it last week and talked about it. Did you? Yes. We didn't talk about it last week. Yes, we did, when we played it on Valentine's Day. And then then that weekend, we talked about it. So that's I why remember. I didn't put it down. <laughs> I don't remember talking <laughs> only about one, it. one week ago. Are you I a goldfish? <laughs> so yeah, I recommend Gravity. I think it's technically amazing. Um, obviously, the story didn't fully do it for me, but... We, and I understand the story. And yeah, why, I mean, why it can uplift somebody who's feeling like crap. I get it. Yeah. I just don't feel like it's crap a, anymore. It's, it's definitely a visual feast, though. I mean, you haven't seen anything like this done in this particular way, and uh, I admire that. Because I like people who push it, you know? And this definitely... So, uh, that's Gravity. Um, thank you for the Blu-ray Warner Brothers, and next week's review will be Thor, The Dark World, which is the second Thor movie. I really enjoyed the first Thor movie, so... The problem I had with the first Thor movie was it's not really in uh, Asgard enough. It's uh, I, I don't really care about humans. Can we go to Asgard and have a look up there? I think this one might fix that. So, um, if you want to enter a contest, com, you can win a copy of Diana on DVD, which is the story of Princess Diana. Um, really? True. Not Diana Ross? Nope. No, there's only any two other famous Diana. Dianas that I've ever known. What about Dirty Diana? Who's that? That's a song by Michael Dirty Jackson. Dirty Diana. Right, well, that's not Diana. That's not a person. Maybe you wrote that about one of those Dianas. Diana I don't Russell. think so. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so movie recommendations this week. My recommendations are based on gravity. Uh, I'm going with Armageddon, <laughs> which oh, is I'm as far shocked. away, which is as far away from gravity as possible. In it's a Michael Bay movie, and it's. Uh, I disagree with you completely. Not I trying think it's to be clever. Very much like Gravity, in that you are faced with um, dire straits, and that someone has to accept the inevitable death to in order to resolve the situation. And the reason I recommended Armageddon though was during this movie, and you love it. Nope. During this movie, I, in my mind's eye, watching the movie. Saw Steve Buscemi sat on the nuclear missile. <laughs> <laughs> During this movie, that occurred to me, and then I was like, "Oh yeah, Armageddon." So, um, yeah, it, it's it always makes me laugh that scene. It's so ludicrous. Like, and he tells him to get off it. It's funny. Um, and my second one is Children of Men because you should see Children of Men. I don't think I, I don't think a ton of people saw it at the time. So, um, pick up Children of Men. It's a really good movie. And you have mine are. I'm going to be obvious too. 2001, A Space Odyssey, because that will be the first sort of um, contemplative humankind in the universe, what are we, why are we kind of movie, and it's beautifully done. Actually, 2001, A Space Odyssey, 
when they were comparing gravity to Tree of Life, I would compare 2001 to Tree of Life more because that Absolutely. is a, it is a um, thinker. It, yeah. g- it gives it doesn't tell you what to think. Whereas in Gravity, you're being told. Yeah, it's a, she's it's depressed. A strict- she's sad. She's depressed. She's now facing life or death. And what does she choose? And what will inspire her? And you can apply any kind of religious tones to this movie too, which I thought was kind of obnoxious, but because th- that can layer on top of it. Um, as their, her inspiration or whatever got her through. So it's, it's laid out for you. Like it's told you right in your face. Whereas 2001 Space Odyssey, Tree of Life, the time that you're sort of on your own with no dialogue and these visuals, that's when you're doing the thinking. It's not handed to you on a plate. You don't know this guy's whole thing. And so I would also throw Kiana, Kiana into that mix. If you've never seen that movie. No. It's like Tree of Life. It's visuals and music, and you have to think about it. And when you actually think about it in the correct way, it's kind of mind-blowing. It's called Kiana Skatsi. Never heard of that one. No, what you country should, is it You'd from? probably like it. Um, I don't know. I saw it. I was watching Channel 4 one night. They had this film festival thing on, and that came on. I was like, what's this? And then I was like, oh. Well, my other recommendation is kind of off the opposite end of the spectrum for space movies, and it is Spaceballs. Because it's really funny. Or Ice Pirates. Either one of those. Ice Pirates is another one that's... <laughs> I don't know that one. And like Space wacky Balls, kind of... Yeah, but you just don't have a sense of humor. So that will explain that problem. <laughs> I, I've just... Blazing Saddles and Spaceballs. Two movies. I've seen them. Everybody told me I should see them. Like, you'll find them, I watched both of them, and they did nothing for me, neither of them. No, I'm just going to tell you, because you're a little bit of a comedy snob. And you know it, and I know it, because you're British, and you all think you're so clever. And you're so funny with sarcasm, and your intellectual comedy. True. And then over there, you've got your John Cleese. They're not intellectual. No, I don't think You know what I'm saying? But British, there's this level of, like, so, just got to enjoy Spaceballs for what it is. Because it's quite... Fun. It's got Star Wars references and everything. So those are my recommendations. And games and A-scully stuff this week. I uh, f- I talked about it last week, but the Titanfall beta ended um, this week. And I played... I think I played more hours on that game, and it was just a beta that was free. If you already talked about it, then why are you talking about it? Then um, I've played some games that I've actually paid full price for. So that shows you that that is going to be a good game. So when it comes out which is the end of March, I believe, or the beginning of March, I will definitely get that game because it was so much fun. I, um, I'm i into it. The other game I played this week is Loadout, and that's what I didn't mention last week, but you thought Loadout was Titanfall because you went, oh, oh okay, yeah. okay. So Loadout's this free-to-play game on Steam. You know, it's free. Anybody can play it. It's got microtransactions in it like most of these free-to-games are, but... All the microtransactions are just visual, so you don't need to pay anything if you don't want your character to look any different. So the whole game's playable, but if you want your character to be different than everybody else's, you can pay some money. I didn't pay any money, I just played it. Um, it's a third-person shooter, and the big, the reason it's called Loadout, and the big hook of it is, there are, they're saying millions of combinations of weapons. So... You get It gives you a weapon at the beginning, and then you go into the weapon store, and there are 
lists and lists of parts that you can add to the weapon and you can randomize the weapon and then go on the training range and shoot it and see what happens and it can be ridiculous it can be a weapon that literally rips all the flesh off somebody's bones or it can be a weapon that fires rubber ducks and doesn't hurt anybody so it's got this random you know you could get the best weapon ever or yours could be the worst one but you, you can and you unlock random parts for it the better you do so you could end up with an amazing gun or you could always have a crappy gun but it's got it's just really fun because I just kept there was a I didn't wouldn't even play in for a few hours I was just going in the gun thing changing one part then going on the range and seeing what happens then coming back and changing a part and you know eventually I got a gun that I was kind of happy with and then I played for a while and then I unlocked some stuff so it's fun it's free the graphics are you've seen them really mm-hmm. cartoony Everybody's overweight in the game. Like, all the characters are overweight, like the men and the women. But they're, like, really... I mean, obviously, but... Yeah, and they're all, like, really well-rendered. Like, I I said to you, like... So why is that an issue? Um, Why is that mentionable? Well, it's, it's funny in a shooter, because it's a bigger target to hit. So that's the first thing I noticed about that. If you're a big, overweight person in a shooter, it's a lot easier to hit that person, because... Generally, when you play any shooting game, everybody's just thin, right? Well, they're just yeah, but they're covered with gear and yeah, but they're not—they're not. These people are beefy, like the the man. <laughs> and you didn't see—I was playing the woman, but the the men are like quarterbacks. They're like huge. They're like big, beefy, like they're ridiculous muscles. They're just crazy. So everybody's like this huge target. So it kind of makes it very easy to hit people. So it, it kind of makes it a lot of fun if you're not that good at shooting. I imagine there'll be a lot of like. I'm pretty good at shooters, but I can imagine people who are not would have fun with it because it's quite easy to hit somebody. And especially if you get a really cool gun that homes in on people and stuff if you you unlock them. So it's called Loadout. It's on Steam. It's absolutely free. You can pick it up. And uh, I would say, well, what's to lose? Nothing. So sit down. Time, time, time of your life. That's it for this week. I haven't really played anything else at all. Sid Talk, what's for dinner? Leftover lasagna. Because I made some lasagna last night, and of course we're vegetarian, so it's vegetable lasagna with some Morning Star crumbles inside, and some vegetables. I might stir fry up a little bit, mm-hmm. put something in them. I don't know, and then uh, chocolate chip mint ice cream, which is your favorite. That sounds good. And your advice? What did I say? Go with the flow. Sometimes you gotta just. Truly, and I don't mean in a hippy-dippy way, but just fucking go with it. Like, if life changes in the moment, you can't control everything. You can't question everything. And you can't have everything the same every day, all the time, in a row, in its whole, all the time. Because there's no point in living if your life is in a box every day, all the time, all the same. Everything's timed and scheduled, and and then when something changes, you need to be able to change with it. You can always come back to the schedule and to the plan and to the straight line, but the crooked line, the sort of flow of the river that goes all over the place, is way better than the straight, 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 straight. I just think that if I turn around and died tomorrow, I would be glad that I wasn't like, rigid all the time about everything. I like some things to be certain 
Like, if I'm at work and I have tasks to do and I have times to do them, then I understand I have to be at work at a certain time and do certain tasks. You know, I pick and choose the things that I prioritize. But in life, I'm certainly sure that if I'm ever on deathbed for any period, extended period of time, I'm not going to look back and say, wow, I really wish I'd stuck to a schedule and made lists every day and planned my days down to the minute and been more productive every single minute. Because I know I won't think that. Also, on a different topic of that, a your mother expressed an interest in having a tablet. Mm-hmm. So are you picking up a tablet? Mm-hmm. What's that got to do with this? I, I just thought of it when you said about, I think <laughs> you said something about traveling. I was like, oh, no, you got to pick. We're going to. Because my mom's going I might to be able to talk about it next week, but she mm-hmm. doesn't need like some expensive tablet. So we're going to pick up one of those. Under a hundred dollar tablets from maybe one hundred and fifty we'll from see. somewhere, and uh, I will talk about it and tell you what they're like. Because I've never, I always buy them. Yours is ninety nine dollars. You said or one ninety nine. Right. So I always spend at least two hundred on a tablet. The one I mm. uh, this was ninety nine. Yeah, but that was like a five hundred dollar tablet in a blowout sale. True. Um, but mine was one ninety nine. I've got the Google Nexus Seven, but they make a lot of seven inch tablets now that. Range from fifty nine ninety nine to ninety nine ninety nine, so I'd be interested to see how good they actually are. So we're going to set one up for your mother, and I will talk about it next week because um. Once I got to going with the flow, you said something about traveling, and that <laughs> came in my head. So I want to remind you about our website, sayschoolie.com, sidtar.com. You can catch us on Twitter and Facebook. You can catch this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace. Stitcher.com, or just go to the RSS feed, aschoolie.com, click on the word podcast, email feedback to me at aschoolie at aschoolie.com, don't email Sid Talk, she doesn't want your bullshit. And stay classy, Mr. Sandra Bullock. Nice. <laughs> Mr. Sandra Bullock. Mr. Ms. Ms. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. No, Ms. Is she actually a Ms? Yeah, she's a Ms, not a Miss. She's not, not married anymore. Oh, I thought she was married to George Clooney. No. Why did I think that? I have no idea, but of course not. George Clooney's not married to anybody. Oh, no, he's... Nah, he's the... Whatever. And I'm going to say, and she's not married to Jesse James anymore, cause, or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah, I forgot about it. Divorced. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're not up on your E! Entertainment news. <laughs> Me either, actually. I just know that because I like her. Um, think for yourself. Or somebody's going to do it for you. <laughs>